Welcome to Financial Sense. Today, we're talking about how you choose your bank if you're a business owner. Stay tuned. You're listening to Financial Sense, Arizona's financial podcast that gives you insights that you could only get from a friend in the business. Recorded and brought to you by National Bank of Arizona, the only bank you need. Hello, I'm your host, Brent Cannon. I'm the Executive Vice President and Director of Community Bank here at National Bank of Arizona. Thanks so much for joining us today. Today, we're talking about how to choose a bank if you're a business owner. We have as our guest, Tom Copy. Tom, welcome. Hi, Brent. Great to be here. Yeah. Tom's been with the bank, I think, 23 years. 23 years, years, you were saying. Mm -hmm. uh, Is our our senior vice president and regional commercial manager out in the East Valley. That's correct. Of the Phoenix Phoenix Metropolis. Yeah. So let's start kind of at the very top here. What do business owners have to choose from? Regional banks versus big banks versus small banks, community banks, and then, of course, credit unions. Kind of talk about the pros and cons of, of those main category banks. No, it's, it, it's a great question. Um, every industry has its its different niches and the way they're designed. Banking's no different. So uh, what we typically see with, with the smaller banks, often called community banks, yep. um, you know, they may have one branch or, or a handful of branches. I would say they're typically known for the relationship. Uh, you walk into the branch and they know you by name, right. you know, and kind of that old school traditional right. banking, right. which is great. Right. Um, sometimes some of their limitations might just be that the lack of size. Certainly if your business grows, you, you could outgrow a community bank. Uh, sometimes the technology may not be there. Technology is expensive. And yeah. so for some of these small banks to have all the products and services right. that a, a growing business is going to need, right. that can be a challenge. That's how I would characterize some of the smaller community banks. The big banks, well, boy, they're known for, they got plenty of locations. They've got every product you need. You're not going to outgrow them. So they've got all those going for them. Uh, Sometimes what we hear from uh, business owners, uh, if they maybe have come to us from a big bank, is maybe the lack of relationship. Right. Um, A lot of 1-800 numbers to call to solve a problem. Yep. Uh, Perhaps some turnover and, and who their banker is. Do they know who their banker is? Right. And uh, so that relationship aspect may not always be as tight with uh, some of the larger institutions. Right. Then you have regional banks or mid-sized banks, and that's where National Bank of Arizona would fit in. And uh, we hope and we think that we fit in comfortably between the two. So we're part of Zions. Zions is a $90 billion organization, so you, you, we've got strength and stability. Right. Uh, we have the ability to invest in technology and treasury management services. Right. Uh, it'd be pretty rare for a, a company in this town to outgrow uh, what we can provide for them. Right. So we can provide all those things that a big bank can have. However, the way we're organized, we're we're organized much more like a community bank. Right. So there's uh, a collection of banks within Zions. Right. And National Bank of Arizona being one of them. Right. And our focus is building long-term relationships with business and their business owners. Uh, our customers, I think they they feel it. Uh, it provides a difference for them. And uh, we just think it's a better way to do banking. So, Tom, I'd like to get your thoughts on credit unions. Uh, pros, cons, what are your thoughts? Uh, you're a veteran in the industry. You've seen sure. credit unions kind of evolve. You know, I would I would almost put credit unions in the category of a small bank from in terms of how they um, enter the market or how right. they uh, compete in the market. Right. Certainly, some credit unions can get pretty big in size. Sure. Uh, but in terms of, um, they're going to be known for that relationship, I think. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to product set and breadth and depth and being able to grow with a business customer, uh, sometimes we see that can be a limitation for them. They may or may not have all the treasury services, and uh, they may or may not be able to grow with a company right. as they really you know, hit stride in their right. growth cycle. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. There's a level of development 
that banks go through and credit unions and many smaller community banks, you know, recently formed or recently entering into new lines of business, commercial and business being an example, uh, there's there's a learning curve. Yeah, yeah. They they just maybe don't have the the history and the experience in right. the, in the commercial space as much as uh, uh, many of the banks do. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's that's an incredible summary and and really some great thoughts. You said a couple words that are that are well. They're in most of the uh, financial articles these days. Uh, financial stability. Yeah. When it comes to banks and banking, and I'd like to get your perspective on that because it, it is such a relevant current event. Sure. What should business owners think about when they, you know, ask the question, is my bank financially stable? You know, I, I think a business owner can start with just what's their reputation? Right. What do they know about the bank? Right. Um, that's a starting place, right? right. Uh, do I know this bank? Have they been have they been in this community right. for a while? Right. Do I know other business owners that bank there? What do they have to say about them? But obviously, somebody want, if they want to do some due diligence, they can certainly go deeper. Right. Uh, a lot of banks are publicly owned. And we, we would fall in that category. So right. you can do some research. You can look at look up the ticker symbol, see right. what the analysts are saying if you want right. to go that route. Right. Um, private banks may, may be a little bit harder to get some of that information. You can certainly, if you really want to dig in, get on the regulatory websites and, and see if there's anything there. But I really think it comes down to understanding who that bank is, right. what their markets are. Right. Um, there was a, obviously a lot in the news about Silicon Valley Bank, and sure. they were a very unique bank, a uh, very unique business a niche that they were in. Right. And uh, so you want a bank that has strength and stability, has some size to it. Right. And, and is diversified across their industries, across their geographies. Right. And I think that's really where the uh, a business owner should be focused. I think those are some really good points. You know, also, as you're, as you're talking, I'm thinking about uh, deposits. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's a good practice for the average customer business or consumer to understand FDIC insurance premiums, sure. how it works. I mean, yeah. I think that's, you know, that's generally kind of an afterthought for most businesses and most people. But I think this is a good reminder. We all need to understand how FDIC insurance works. Right. But also, uh, you know, going back to kind of the banks, uh, you know, and by the way, this this is a new phenomenon. I mean, when you go back to the Great Recession, that was really an asset issue. Those were problem loans that were causing banks right. heartburn. Yeah. Uh, right now, banks are are kind of having some liquidity uh, concerns regarding their bond portfolio and deposits. And sure. uh, you said a couple of things. I think a diversified deposit base goes a long, long ways, which, by the way, is a strength of regional banks. You bet. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we have uh, many small depositors over kind of a broad market, and that's that's a strength. You want that diversification. Right. Yeah. So I think – and then uh, if I'm a small business, you know, just pay attention to current events. Yeah. What's what are banks doing? What do you what's the news saying? You know, are are, are banks laying people off? Are they hiring? You know, are they doing these kind of things? Sure. That would uh, if you don't want to get into the investment reports yeah. or into the investor, uh, you know, comments. There's some some general comments that you can just kind of pay attention yeah. to. What are those indicators that are out there in the marketplace? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, Tom, in your mind, what accounts should business owners have? Well, of course. Any business is going to – the foundation will start with that basic checking account or multiple checking accounts, savings account, and, and online banking. Right. You got to start there, right. right? But as a business grows, obviously, their uh, their needs change. The sophistication level is going to change. And so the treasury management services that that a bank can provide are going to be really critical for a growing business. So there's, there's online banking, but then there's 
online banking that has some some uh, horsepower behind it. You right. know, you might want to give uh, one employee authorization to do certain transactions, but not other transactions. Right. Uh, pulling customized reports. So so you can get into the weeds on this, but uh, it's really important that your bank has a, a really well-developed online platform. From that, you're going to get into some other things like ACH services. You're going to get into for some fraud. What's ACH stand for? Uh, automated Clearinghouse. Okay. So so that's a way to send money electronically, but a lot cheaper than sending wires. Okay. Okay. So businesses, you can send or receive money through the ACH network. Uh, fraud prevention is huge in today's world. Right. As, as you know, Brent, we're right. seeing so much fraud out there. Right. And there are certain products that can help. Uh, limit the risk exposure for a business that they have to fraud. From there, you're going to move into maybe credit products, right? So uh, most businesses, if they've been around for a few years and they're growing, they're probably going to want some sort of a revolving line of credit for some working capital backup. And then from there, it's really going to be just a matter of their business, what their needs are on the credit side. Right. They may need some equipment finance. They may need commercial real estate finance. They may want uh, an SBA loan, an acquisition sure. loan. Uh, so there's a different variety of financing tools we have, yeah. and it's just really dependent on that business and having them being able to take advantage of growth opportunity. And of course, that's what we look to do is work with right. our customers, help them figure out uh, what is the right debt product and how right. much debt is is going to be appropriate and healthy for their company and their balance sheet. Yeah, that's those are really good points. When I think about this, yeah. If a bank, if your bank's not providing some consultation, mm-hmm. and you, you know that old that old adage, you don't know what you don't know. Sure. If they're not kind of filling that gap for you as a business owner, that might be a good good cue for you to maybe I should look for another bank. Yeah, that's yeah. We we try not to think of ourselves as just merely order takers. Exactly. Right. Um, we we listen to our customers, but we want to work with them. We want right. to understand what their goals are. Right. And try to figure out a pathway that helps them meet those goals. Right. So Tom, what I heard you say was, is a business owner needs, of course, their operating or checking account. Mm-hmm. They they need uh, to make sure that they have the proper uh, credit side loans, whether it be a line of credit or an equipment loan or line, perhaps ACH product or automated clearinghouse where they can move money uh, fairly seamlessly throughout throughout uh, their vendors. That's Those are kind of the important key core products, as well as uh, some fraud prevention products, which treasury management departments offer. But at the end of the day, those are kind of your core base uh, products that you get at a bank. That's what business owners kind of should think about. That's right. I would agree. Okay. Yep. Well said. So Tom, uh, not all businesses are at the same point in the life cycle. We have you know brand new businesses. And then of course, we have really well-established businesses. So why don't you kind of share for the well-established businesses, and they're thinking about making a banking change, what are some of the key factors they should be thinking about? I think a business really wants to understand uh, the bank that they're talking to. Do they have experience in, in their industry? Right. Particularly if they're going to be looking for some credit, for right. some, some loan products. Right. So I would ask them, do they bank other companies in their industry? Oh, great question. And what experience do they have? Another question I would ask is just asking the prospective banker about their background and their experience in the industry. And because that banker is going to be their advocate, they're going to be the one that's going to, you know, uh, lead the charge right. for them. You know, at the end of the day, when a bank is making a loan decision, it's a risk-based decision. Right. So if the banker or the bank doesn't have experience in their industry, they're going to view more risk and that's going to factor into how they're thinking about that decision. Another thing I would uh, encourage business owners to be asking is just simply understanding the relationship aspect of of 
who's going to be their banker. Right. Once everything settled, the dust settles, who's their contact? Right. And are you calling somebody direct or are you calling a 1-800 number? Oh, great point. You know, I'm not saying we don't have any 1-800 numbers here at the bank, but that is not our primary channel for customers to solve problems. Yeah. There's not too many cell phones that start 1-800. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and every one of my customers has my cell phone number. That's to great. your point. Yeah. Those are, those are just great points. You know, for a new business, as you were talking about established business, I was thinking about a new business. And I think new businesses, uh, and in, in the area of the bank that I lead, we see a lot of brand new businesses, especially in sure. the micro segment. These mm-hmm. are, you know, these are, these are baby businesses. Yeah, uh, love it. Yeah. And so uh, it's, it's so fun to hear some of the innovation and creative ideas that these, that these folks who are starting really on a wing and a prayer in yeah. many cases. Uh, and the, and some of the questions I would I would share that they should be thinking about are, uh, number one, does your bank loan to brand new business entities? Mm. Because many banks don't. Right. Of course, from a risk standpoint, that's when a business is most risky, right? Sure. It's brand new. Yeah. So there are lots of uh, uh, type of products namely through the Small Business Administration, SBA loans, course, yeah. that are, are terrific um, uh, accessories to help financial institutions grant credit to these brand new businesses. But if I'm the business owner, I'm going to say, how many SBA loans do you yeah. make? Where do you show up on the ranking? Yeah. Which, by the way, is published. Are uh, you a PLP lender? Are you a PLP lender? What does that stand for? Uh, yeah, uh, Preferred lender program. Got it. So uh, in the world of SBA, banks can become a, a PLP lender, and they can then make loans on a more fast-track basis with the SBA. And it just shows that they have a lot more experience in doing SBA loans. So it means they it, know what they're doing. Knows what they're doing. You Got really it. want to be dealing with a PLP lender. Good. And then how, if, if we can't do it through a traditional business loan, is there a way to do through a creative credit? Uh, sometimes folks use equity in their homes. Sometimes sure. they they use other you know means to get credit to grow that business. And I think a bank that's able to be creative in that process has tremendous value for a brand new business. So we talked a little bit about FDIC insurance. Uh, that is a hot topic in today's financial world. Sure. Uh, if you were a business owner or some of your business owners, what would you uh, encourage them to kind of understand? Or what are some uh, options? Yeah, you bet. You know, we talked about uh, looking at their deposit base and diversification. And within Zions, our deposits are spread over nine states, which is really important. Right. And they're not concentrated in any particular industry. That's really important. You, you were talking about how during the Great Recession, it was the loan side. And right, right now, the, all the turmoil is on the deposit side. Right. It's just a, different, just a different aspect. And so I think that's really important. Now, you know, I feel really fortunate that I work for a bank that has such a strong balance sheet right. and uh, feel really good about that. And I, I know most of our customers get very comfortable with that. But then there's some companies that they just want to have that added layer of protection with the FDIC insurance. Sure. The nice thing is we have a solution there. There's a product called Cedars and there's a product called ICS Savings through something called the IntraFi Network, right. where customers can actually open up one account with the bank, and yet their money gets divvied up into $250,000 increments to get full FDIC coverage. So it's really a slick product to have, and then co- companies don't have to feel like they've got to go running all over town to try to get that full coverage. So they get they have FDIC coverage 
of all of their deposits. That's right. Those deposits are spread out through the network of, right. of those uh, of those banks. Uh, what a powerful product! And National Bank of Arizona and Zions offers that service. We to sure do, their customers. Ah, oh, that's great. So yeah. that's that that really provides the peace of mind. I mean, so your point being number one, uh, Zions and and uh, National Bank of Arizona are extremely strong financially, well capitalized among their peer group. I mean, I go through all of the metrics. Right. Uh, you know. Everything we're doing is is to build a long-term stable company, but also we have the ability to provide customers uh, FDIC insurance uh, above the 250 because of the, the ICS and the CDERS program. That's right. That's great. So, Tom, with your experience and everything that you've shared, uh, why – Kind of summarize, why would you choose a regional bank like National Bank of Arizona? You know, Brent, we've talked a lot about relationship and experience, right. and those things just really matter. Uh, business owners understand relationships with their vendors, their suppliers. Right. And uh, I would really encourage a business owner to think of their bank not just as a, as, as a supplier, right. but, but somebody who's really a key part of their team. And uh, the relationship aspect is, is huge. If you're working with a bank that understands your industry – and they know what your goals are, they're going to help you get there quicker. They're going to help you achieve those goals. Right. And frankly, if we understand a, their bit, a company's business, uh, sometimes a quick no is helpful too. Right. You know, we're always looking for ways to say yes. Right. Right. Sometimes we have to say no, or maybe we're going to say no, but, and we're going to try to find a different way to achieve the goal. Maybe it's not quite what the business owner had asked for, but we right. find a way to find a solution. And I think that's really important. Those are some really great points. And I'll tell you, as you were talking, one of the other uh, thoughts across my mind was fraud. Fraud is rampant in in business today, especially with, you know, we're always, we're always uh, balancing the experience and deliver, ease of delivery with uh, with people trying to oh, steal yeah. money. Right. The old days, it used to be you have to, you know, do it physically. Not anymore. We've got the fraud pro uh, prevention products, and, and you really just need to have that in today's world. It, Unfortunately, with a lot of our customers, we we kind of talk about it's not a matter of if, it's sort of a matter of when. Right. And so you really need to be looking into these things. So uh, as, a, as a tease, I'm glad we talked about this because banks, of course, spend a lot of time thinking about uh, – how to avoid it, how to protect their customers. And in fact, it's so important. It's the subject of our next episode on financial sense. So uh, I'm looking forward to delving into that. So Tom, kind of to put a bow on this episode, to wrap it up, what would be one final thought you would leave with, uh, you'd like to leave with the, the business owners uh, and viewers of this episode? Mm. You know what? Know your banker. Mm. This is a relationship. Our, our whole lives are built around relationships and, uh, your bank should be no different. Know who your banker is. That's great, Tom. So I want to thank Tom for joining us for this episode of Financial Sense. My pleasure. Great to be here. So that'll do it for this episode of Financial Sense. Make sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform or YouTube. All price references and market forecasts correspond to the date of this recording. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute research, recommendations, representations, or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements of any information contained in this podcast, and any liability from Zions Bank Corporation NA or its divisions, including direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast may not be those of Zions Bank Corporation NA or any of its divisions. Zions Bank Corporation NA is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast.
In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting the giving of advice, investment, or otherwise by Zions Bank Corporation N.A. to that listener, nor constitute such person a client of Zions Bank Corporation N.A. Subject to credit approval and SBA approval, terms and conditions apply. See Banker for details. See your banker for treasury management product details and schedule of fees. Certain treasury management services may require credit approval. Contract may also apply. CDARS stands for Certificate of Deposit Account Registry Service. Deposit placement through CDARS is subject to the terms, conditions, and disclosures in applicable agreements. Although deposits are placed in increments that do not exceed FDIC Standard Maximum Deposit Insurance Amount SMDIA, at any one destination bank, a depositor's balances at the institution that places deposits may exceed SMDIA. Example given before settlement or deposits or after settlement for withdrawals or be insured if the placing institution is not an insured bank. The depositor must make any necessary arrangements to protect such balances consistent with applicable law and must be determined whether placement through CDAR satisfies any restrictions on its deposits. A list of identifying IntraFi Networks banks appears at www.intrafi.com network banks. The depositor may exclude banks from eligibility to receive its funds. Interfi and CDARS are registered service marks, and the Interfi hexagon and Interfi logo are service marks of Interfi Network LLC. When deposited funds are exchanged on a dollar-for-dollar basis with the other institutions that use CDARS, our bank can use the full amount of a deposit placed through CDARS for local lending, satisfying some depositors' local investment goals or mandates. Alternatively, with the depositor's consent, our bank may choose to receive fee income instead of deposits from other participating institutions. Under these circumstances, deposited funds would not be available for local lending. Please refer to the deposit account agreement, account disclosure, deposit rate sheet, and the applicable schedule of fees, or speak with a banker for more details. Copyright reserved by Zions Bank Corporation N.A. National Bank of Arizona is a division of Zions Bank Corporation N.A. Member FDIC.